Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast. And today it's Wealth Wednesday. You guys already know one of the best podcast episodes, podcast shows out there talking about financial literacy, business, and entrepreneurship for the Latino community created by two dope Latinos. I just I just had to say that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we got some really good topics that we're going to hop into today. I'm excited about this episode. Last week, we teased that, you know, there there's some things going on in America with credit card losses. And uh, man, it, it's it's rising at a faster pace since the great financial crisis in 20 or 2007, 20 or 2008. So we're going to jump into that and what all that means. Um, but before we do that, Jeremiah, how you feeling today, bro? I'm feeling great, man. We hinted, like you said, we hinted last time, but uh, we're going to lay it all out this time. So I'm excited for the people to hear this story because I think it's I think it's touching a lot of people. Yep. So we're going to jump right into it today. And, you know, one of the things that we wanted to hit on before we touch on the credit card crisis and whatnot is, you know, we love to come on here and talk about the things that are going on in our lives and the things that we're learning and applying to our own lives as entrepreneurs, as uh, Rico being a father, uh, both of us being husbands and whatnot. So a book that both of us just wrapped up reading and uh, we want to talk about this, man, because it was very insightful book is uh, the book called Dopamine Nation, right? Finding Balance in an Age of Indulgence, right? Um, great book. Uh, we mentioned a couple of times that we have a men's book club, and this is a book that we chose for the month. Phenomenal book. I think a lot of the guys got great, great feedback from it. It's funny because I was talking to one of the guys from the group and I'm like, yo, every time you know, we were reading a book. I, I'm not too sure, like, if the guys are going to get something from it. Is this going to be one of the books where, like, it's an off month? But yeah. it seems like a lot of guys got something from this book. And like I said, the the book is, the subtitle of the book is Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence, right? And we think of indulgence, we think of maybe uh, indulging in food, sweets, chocolate, social media, mm -hmm. um, even on a deeper level, indulging in drugs or even in the book they talk about indulging in porn mm -hmm. indulging in sex mm -hmm. and it just keeps going on and on so what we want to do on this intro icebreaker um, section of the podcast is we want to talk about the things that we learn from this book and hopefully it's going to inspire you to grab the book or even to apply some of these lessons that uh we learned from the book but uh Jeremiah, kick us off, man. What, what what are some of the things that you learned from the book? What are your thoughts on the book? I'm I'm really curious. I didn't I didn't get to see like, yo, what what do you actually think about the book? I, man, you know what? To be honest, I believe that it's um this book is something. It's a book that everyone should have in the in the space of personal development because in our culture today, especially American culture, right? Everything is about indulgence. It's about instant gratification. And so I like this book because what it broke down was the balance between pleasure and pain receptors, right? And it, it, it I'm a scientific guy, so I kind of like that too, like kind of broke down how that works. But then also just like on a normal level, um, 
the balance you need to have between pleasure and pain. Having an overexertion on either side of it is bad, right? Like pleasure, which is what we do most of the time. We talk about, Chris, I remember like maybe two or three, maybe I think episodes ago, we talked about obesity level in, in the United States, right? And so this has to do with that. That's over, right? Over excessively using sugar. A lot of it, the obesity has to do with sugar intake. Right, which is, and why do we do that? Because sugar releases dopamine in our brains and serotonin. And these are things that make us feel good, the feel good hormones, right? And so for me, I like the book because it broke down why we do what we do. Because a lot of people don't even realize you grab some yeah. candy, you're in the move, you just go grab some candy, you grab a cake, you whatever, whatever, right? You're doing something to cope, right? It's that feel good. You want that dopamine. Well, what happens is you build up that tolerance and then you have to intake more of it. It's no different than drugs. You know, a lot of us don't even think about it, but coffee, tea, like all the, and I like the way the book broke that down. I mean, I think that that was key because I think in a lot of our brains, uh, we associate negativity with pain, right? Pain, stuff that causes you pain is negative, but we hardly ever do we think about things that make us feel good being wrong. Mm. And so I like how it addressed that and thought about how do I restore a healthy balance, you know, learn to break addictions, um, Enjoy indulgences in moderation. We hear that all the time, not trying to be super everything in moderation. It's important to have things in balance. And, and I think for me, that's one of the main things I learned was the breakdown between um, how unconscientiously a lot of times we lean toward things that are addictive. Mm -hmm. And we do things that are, um, it's addictive in nature, but we may not even know it. It's like kind of subconscious. I, I, that was one of the biggest things that I was reading about. And I was like, dang, I, most people don't think about that. But you do something and you don't conscientiously do it. You're just doing it, but it has subconscious links. So that's one of the things that I learned. I think that was, I was like, huh, that's actually really deep. And the reason why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. no, that's big. I think my takeaway is very similar. I mean, what you just broke down is pretty much the premise of the book. You know, my biggest takeaway is the relentless pursuit of pleasure mm -hmm. and the avoidance of pain mm -hmm. and challenges in life uh, really is what leads people to self-destruction. Right. Uh, if you think about just life as a whole, if you're able to do the hard things in life, the things that are hard to do, the things that are challenging are actually the things that are worthwhile having. You guys hear it all the time. Anything that's that come easy is going to go easily, right? Yep. Easy money. Um, that thing's going to go quick, right? Yep. You know, easy, quick food is probably not going to be healthy for you, but anything that is challenging and hard to overcome, is probably something at the end of it, at the end of it, that's actually uh, beneficial for you. Right. So the way I look at it is if you can overcome the hard things, but not only the hard things in life, but navigate through the abundance that we live in, right? The, this, this world of abundance to our phones. I mean, we have access to whatever we want on our phones. Uh, we got cars. We can get anywhere we want. If you can overcome and, and navigate that abundance, I believe that you really have the world at your fingertip. And I, I hope that makes sense, right? Because, again, we can run to our phones for pleasure in indulgence we can go out i mean we have access to so much in this world yeah. and i think 
this quote comes from the book. You know, typically after I'm done reading the book, I'll do even more research about it and see other people's perspective on it. And I think this book came, this quote came from the book. It says that we are like a cactus in a rainforest. We are built for a world of scarcity and we're living in a world of abundance, right? So I love that quote. I think it came from the book, but again, like we got, it's just so much, whether you want to call it temptation, uh, abundance around us that we have access to so much. And I think our human instincts, if you look back to even what, 50 years ago, we didn't have nearly as much access that we have now. Right. Right. I think that, that I think that hopefully that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? No, it did. I, I and I want to say that I think it's it's applicable to more like westernized civilizations mm-hmm. and that's Europe and us because that's where you see the excess the abundance um mm-hmm. to most of the world that's not applicable and I think what's okay. funny is they tying the books together dopamine nation to ikigai which was a mm-hmm. book that we read previously right you go to some nations where they don't have that same access but yet they're living longer healthier lives I think that that's very well linked to the the presence of abundance and the excessive nature and the instant gratification that we do in the Western, the Westernized world, right? The Western civilizations. I think that that's directly tied to it. And that's something to be considered because in in the majority of the world, they don't have access to these things like that readily, but you'll see the quality of life and probably the mental state of those people is probably in a better place. Man, a hundred percent. Let me ask you about this. You know, one of, Another thing that I took away from the book that it spoke about is recovery begins with um, abstinence, abstaining from that thing that you're trying to recover from fully, right? Like in the book, it says like the only way to recover from something or to get over cut something is to cut it off. Mm-hmm. Like we we ain't doing like gradual. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna have five Twinkies this week. I'm gonna have three. Yeah. If you don't just go back to that five, right? To cut it off. So what what is your thought about that? I mean, it's you, I mean, you it's hear contra- it all the time. It, it's tough, but like you hear it all it's the time. It's contradictory. Like, I think it's contradictory to what we've been taught. But then again, you got to understand the premise of what we've been indoctrinated and in, in what people have told us has been based upon the exact same like belief system, right? Which is I still want to have my cake and eat it too. But it's true. If you really want to get away from from something you got to just cut it off that's the only way you're really going to get away from it and people say it's like in the nicotine patches but you know people that have been wearing nicotine patches for 20 years and they're still smoking with the nicotine patch but that that's why and i believe that's the basis of what they're saying like you're trying to gradually leave it right instead of just going cold turkey is what they call it in the world of like drugs and addictions mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. but cold turkey it works right you just have to be put yourself in that situation and then you know, there, there's usually other stuff that's connected with that withdrawal or whatever. But once you break through that, it's a breakthrough and you usually do better. Yeah, 100 percent. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I went cold turkey from drugs, alcohol or anything that deep. But recently we did a fast and usually when we do a fast, we'll fast from, again, something that's challenging from us. So whether it's food, sweets. Or maybe it's like, yo, I'm going to do a water fast today. And I will say, as you said, it's challenging, but it's, I'll say this, like for me, I was doing a water fast and a fruit fast. And I noticed once I ate that healthy meal, once I went back to eating healthy, 
it's like you you reset your your what what is it called i get dopamine you something in my brain just reset to where i'm able to enjoy that thing a lot more right yeah. is what i'm trying to say so like my my senses are heightened you know i can smell everything more like i'm i can yeah. tell i'm salivating because i'm hungry and whatnot and yeah. when i'm able to enjoy that thing that i'm abstaining from then um it, it to me there's it is more it, it, to me it's like beneficial you know what i'm saying having that thing and again i'm not abstaining for anything bad it's just like once i jump into okay water fast is done fruit fast is done time for me to have my healthy meal i enjoy it that much more i agree the actual it's it's you know you you savor that right and so you're in, you're enjoying it while you're eating it versus just it's just substance right it's just something going in your mouth or you're you're just coping right hand to mouth mechanism and stuff like that so i agree I, I i think that the fast that um fast i was doing with sweets so like the tangy candy but um i had already on the food side like you know mm -hmm. done that or or partially i'm actually practicing that on a daily basis i do 16 hour fast daily right so i don't eat after seven don't eat before 11 a.m right so that's a daily thing for me and what i've noticed mm -hmm. is the clarity the mental clarity mm -hmm. and then like you said when i do eat um i enjoy that meal i eat once a day i enjoy that meal to the utmost degree right and it and it just it, it's a different level but it takes time to get there i will say that but yeah, yeah definitely takes time to get there and uh let me tell you something what hasn't took a lot of time to get to is this credit card losses that we are Ooh. in right? yeah you know what i'm saying so uh credit card losses are rising at the fastest pace since the great financial crisis at a time where uh, americans we owe more than one trillion dollars on credit card crazy we just keep we just keep racking it up right we just keep going um it's again it's been the fastest pace in just about 30 years um with with all this going on it, it's absolutely insane and uh, i'm curious what, what are your thoughts about this i know we spoke about the credit card crisis i think two months ago and you had asked me like yo do you think it's just going to keep going up and we both pretty much agree like there's nothing stopping this right so what are your thoughts about it? yeah um I think that what's crazy, what people don't understand is that they're, it's, it's kind of cyclical. People are spending money on their credit cards because of in COVID times, right? They lost their jobs, mm -hmm. which is further placing them in a bigger hole, but you're trying to get out of that hole using credit, but it's placed you in a bigger hole. Why are you saying that? Because let's be honest, um, the Fed is doing what they're doing because people aren't stopped. They're not stopped spending. Like they're continuing to spend. And so the Fed is like, what we're doing isn't working. Right, they're increasing interest rates. So the credit card, what's crazy, is spending to account for the interest rates, which puts you in a deeper hole. It's like this whole cycle. And I don't, I don't think, government-wise, I don't think we're even really fully addressing the issue where it needs to be. I believe, for the most part, the issue is that people lack financial literacy. They don't even know how to properly save. They don't know how to properly align their budgets. People don't have budgets um some people aren't paid what they're what they should be paid right there's teachers and stuff that aren't paid what they should be paid um there's a lot of different factors but i think the main factor of why we're at where we're at and why it won't ever end is we're trying to combat um the sickness essentially right by treating the symptom we're not trying to cure it 
trying to treat something. We're not getting down deep and actually on, and that is, um, you know, a lack of awareness, financial awareness, a lack of mindset of how to actually properly structure your finance, your finances. A hundred percent. It definitely is um, just putting a bandaid over the wound, right? Um, and it's crazy because it, it's we're in a economic downturn, you know, prices of things are higher than ever. It seems like it's a recession. Um, they won't say they won't say it, but they it's, won't it's, say it. But it's like it's it, it's a recession. But, you know, the spending habits are still out of control. Yes. And is. that to me clearly is a lack of financial literacy, like you said. I think the biggest thing that's crazy and what people will start to realize we're going to see um, and I'm predicting this. We're going to see the credit card, right? We're going to see that debt rise exponentially. I want you to think about for the past three years, right? Or about three years, uh, student loan debt has been on hold. That mm -hmm. went back into play this month, mm -hmm. right? As we're recording this, it's, it's October the 3rd. So that's going back into play. People are starting to have to pay that back again. What you're going to see is you're going to see not only an increase in default, within the student loan and then the increasing of that debt on that side. But you're also going to see the debt increasing with credit cards as people seek to pay for this student loan that they haven't accounted for in their budget with the credit card. And so you're going to start to see that stuff continue to increase. I mean, it's it's inevitable and it's pushing that. And then rates are still going up. I think the Fed said that they're going to increase rates at least one or two more times for the rest of the year. So it, there, there's... <laughs> Yeah. So so let's 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 bring it back a little. I'm curious if somebody's out there is, you know, uh, student loan payments are coming back. They got credit card debt, whatever that number is. Um, what is an immediate action plan for them? Like, what is the first thing you would recommend that someone should do? Obviously, it's a case by case scenario, and it really yeah. depends on. Yeah. Do you have a job? Are you an mm -hmm. entrepreneur? Do you have multiple streams of income? You got a family? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of things to consider. But looking at this situation, what is something that you would recommend? Or if you were in this situation yourself, what did you do? The number one thing to do is to budget, appropriately budget. That's going to be the answer, no matter if you have a job or you don't have a job, right? Obviously, it's more important if you don't, right? Because you're going to have to look at the resources, but as limited as they are, to align them with taking care of your responsibilities. But budgeting is number one. You need to sit down and you need to understand what money's coming in, what money's going out, what do you have left, which is discretionary. Um, the second thing that I would sit and do is be honest with yourself about um, the likelihood of you paying this stuff back. Hmm. What does that mean? What I mean by that is there's uh, certain services and things that are offered like debt consolidation and stuff like that that is maybe an option that you need to consider. If you haven't ever considered it before, before you get in a place to where you're, you know, you're back against the wall and you're de you've defaulted and there's, you know, garnishments on your bank account, all kind of craziness. Like, think about it from the beginning. Sit down and say, can I handle this? Maybe I need to be looking at some some uh, consolidation issues for a credit card and for, you know, a student loan if it's uh, if it's not if it's private, not government. I love that. Great advice. So when a lot of people, they think of budgeting, they think of, yo, I need to cut back. I can't have my Starbucks every day. I can't go to the mean. movie. Okay. Yeah. Talk to us. Talk to us about so that. So it's could. about the it's, a, it's about the allocation of your, of your income, right? Mm -hmm. What, what income you have coming in, it's how you align that. A lot of times, a lot of us don't have money because we're not properly 
allocating our money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you could still have your Starbucks. It's just you can't have as much of it, right? You have to have two balance. So no, you can't do four or five cups a day. No, you have to cut it down to two. And you'd be surprised what that, right? How that, how that aligns. There's other bills and things that you may pay late, which adds interest or late payments to those payments, which is costing you more. You're going to have to look at the date and say, okay, I got to pay this when I can pay. And you pay it when you can pay it, obviously, right? But I think just with the alignment and looking at how we allocate our money, the income that's coming, we pay things that would help a lot of people. As we start to wrap this episode up, how important is generating more income in this situation? Because I think we hear a lot about budgeting. We hear, I mean, we oh, hear God. people talking about, you know, cutting back and whatnot. But I mean, that's the, I know, mean, to be honest, that's the true answer, right? Yeah, no, I was going to say because, I, you know, you and I, business-minded hustlers, whatever you want to say, my mind goes like, if things are rising up, then my income needs to go up as well. If I want to be able to afford these things, I need to be able to make more. I need to be able to, you know, provide at, at a higher level. What are your thoughts about that? I agree. I think that a lot of times when I sit down with a lot of clients, I'll tell them you need to make more income. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And they're like, I make such and such. Yeah, that was good for three or four years ago, pre-COVID. Your inflation rate was at, you know, I mean, just, just in 2021, you were buying a house at 2.9% interest, which is unheard of right? Like things aren't the same. So Fat Joe says that yesterday's price is not today's price. And you got to understand that. And that goes away. It works against you as well. Not just what you're charging, but what is being charged of you. Right? So if you're looking at it, inflation is crazy. I was looking at orange juice price shot up through the roof. Like just little things. We saw eggs, like things that you would not really account, but it's costing you. So if I'm being honest with myself, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Jesus, I'm just not bringing enough in. It's time to develop, like you said, develop a hustle or look at an alternate stream of income. What skills do you have? What passions do you have that you can monetize? That would be my question. And every, I truly believe that everybody has this. I was, for sure. I don't know what I was doing the other day, but you know, I don't know if I believe that everybody has the ability to be an entrepreneur. But I do believe everybody has the ability to be financially free and that can create multiple streams of income for themselves. Right. And I think at the very least, that's what most people want. Most people don't want to manage a company. They don't want to manage people and whatnot, but they want the luxury of, you know, to go on vacation or to be financially free, not to be in debt and whatnot. And I do believe everybody has that ability to do that. I agree. And I think that uh, there's a book. Um, as we wrap up, there's a book that I'm going to, you know, shoot out there for people, um, especially in the business related world. But it's something that helps me quite a bit. But uh, Your Next Five Moves by Patrick Bed David. Yeah. Great book. Mm-hmm. You want to sit there and properly assess where your business is at. Um, he speaks about entrepreneurs and then entrepreneurs. I, honestly, an entrepreneur is somebody we know what that is. A person builds their own business. They blah, blah, blah. Right. An entrepreneur is someone like, uh, you know. Paul Bomber, somebody from Microsoft, somebody that goes inside of a company, sees opportunities to help increase their value within that company. The system's already laid, but they're just creating new things within that system. And they pay them and reward them handsomely for creating additional value for that company. So maybe you're supposed to be an entrepreneur and not an Mm. entrepreneur. Mm. 
that's big right there. That's that's actually a bar. That's probably something we need to speak about. But no, that's that's huge. Uh, I don't know why when I was thinking, you when you're telling your clients you need to make more money, you were just looking at them cold blooded, man. How many people did you make cry out there? <laughs> oh, I keep them. I know you. You're right. I'm. I'm. I, I don't lie to people, man. I'm very direct. A lot of people will call you an a hole, um, and I get that all the time. Um, but I'm very direct, and I just tell them straight up. I mean, I'll be honest. If you're doing a good job, I'll be like, hey, you're doing a good job. But with a lot of clients, they don't like that. They're like, what do you mean? Well, exactly what I said. You can make more money. Yeah. Because you live a lifestyle, yeah. right, that is dictating you need more money. You don't want to decrease what you're doing, so we have to increase that income. Definitely. Love that. Great episode. A lot of great information here. Um, as always, share this episode with somebody else out there that needs to hear this, especially Latinos that needs to hear this information. Um, and I think that's it. I'm excited for us to continue to to come on here, give you guys value every single week. You know, it's <clears throat> we're definitely growing. There's people reaching out for opportunities and whatnot. And I mean, look, we honestly haven't even scratched the surface of the potential that and I don't even want to use the, the word potential. I don't want to use that. Uh, but we haven't even scratched the surface of what we envision to do and where we envision to be. So rock with us, um, get on the boat, share this with somebody out there that needs to hear this podcast episode. And as always, it's the Latin Wells family. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Later, guys.